Welcome to the Mindfuckery podcast, which is featured in Feedspot's Top 20 Emotional Abuse podcasts. I'm your host, Elizabeth. In here, we explore areas that others fear to tread. We talk about the mindfuck that was your life. We talk honestly about what happened because, beautiful soul, these honest conversations are key to creating the life you were born to live. I wrote my first book, Finding Lily, sat on a beach in Greece as my marriage was crumbling around me. And my second book, The A to Z of Emotional Abuse, followed as I discovered a new language, words and phrases. My third book, Divorce Matters, has been written to support you through this process and it's an important part you can get the closure you need heal the wounds and because your divorce matters are important as well getting all the information you've been told not to ask for and from here you can start to create the life you deserve to live i'm the founder of the divorce sanctuary and wound talking i've been a woundologist for over 20 years working with past life wounds clearing ancestral trauma and working with this life wounding and i'm on a mission to help educate as many people as I can on the effects of trauma on our lives and our children's lives and healing the wounds of our fathers. It stops here, it stops now and it stops with us. So welcome along to the journey of a lifetime. Welcome to series two, episode 15. This week I want to look at the different facets that we have within us It might be that coming out of a narcissistic or emotionally abusive, a relationship that was toxic, depends how you class it, how you see it. You might come out not actually knowing who you are. There are so many different elements that get destroyed. In in fact, I've spoken about this in various podcasts recently and YouTube about the aim of the emotional abuser is actually to destroy you. And if they haven't destroyed you during the relationship, they aim to do that after the relationship. You had a role and you are part of their film, part of their set, part of their play, part of the theatre that is their life. And they spot something in you that they are missing and then they set out to take what it is. It's something that's missing in them. When I wrote the A to Z of emotional abuse, I put in there, you know, what if you were actually staring at yourself what if you actually fell in love with part of yourself I remember standing in front of the mirror and not actually recognizing the person staring back at me and this happened quite a few times I I felt lifeless I did not have an emotion but the weirdest thing was I could be triggered and feel so much pain there was nothing left of me and I described it as being a shell of my former self because I felt hollow. I had no emotion. I couldn't engage with anyone and I could not feel or get in touch with any of my feelings. And there were five elements. I've spoken about this. It's, I think it's an overhang from a lot of the work I was doing prior to working with and helping people heal from emotional abuse. There were various different areas which are spirituality, emotionally, mentally and physically that they set out to destroy you. One thing that was missing from that, I felt, was financially because I had been financially ruined and drained of everything. And in fact, it was literally the day that I turned around and said my savings were down to a very small amount. I think it was £73 or something like that from a lot. That was as if that discard was more or less final there and then on the spot. I 
felt another disengagement. I'd felt one a few months before and this was like as if I had nothing left. I could not support him anymore and within a very short space of time that relationship was over. So I felt it wasn't just four areas, I felt it was five areas. So I started to include that in. So they set out to destroy you emotionally, they set out to destroy you mentally, physically, spiritually, as your morals. This is how you view life. This could be everything that you've held really important. This could include your boundaries and things like that. We are multifaceted and the recovery is about inner standing, which is the most important part, inner standing who you are, inner standing what happened, inner standing why it happened and inner standing the role that you played. And when I say the role, you were on stage with them and there might be an element that you got something from that relationship as well as you were giving them everything. It became really clear to me from quite early on in my recovery that part of the cycle of abuse and that love bombing stage, that idealisation stage, that part where they placed you on a pedestal, the time that they were telling you how amazing you were. And I spoke about that at the time, describing it, because the words are really what I was talking about in the book are how I felt. So when I've written about the cycle of abuse, when I've spoken about it, this was actually how I felt. And this was me being seen and heard. And as I, the more and more work that I did around this area, the more and more I realised how important it is to make sure that our children are seen and heard in the way that they should be, that are valued for every element of them. And we really are diamonds. There are so many different faces that we have. We might have a personality that we use or that comes out when we're with older friends, maybe that we've known from childhood or as a teenager. We might behave and speak in a different way. We might behave in a different way and speak in a different way when we're surrounded by friends and family than we do at work. We might have a telephone voice. I was reading a book called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers and it's by Debbie Ford. I've read it about 10 years ago and it really, really resonated me at the with me at the time. In there, there were two things actually in that book. She talks about recovery. I think it was something like a drug addiction that she might have had and she was recovering from. She was doing a lot of work. She was going to lots of seminars and, and I don't know whether she turned up late to one seminar or something was going on. And the person that was um, running the course turned around and said, and I don't know whether it was to her actually or whether it was somebody else, you're a bitch. And she was really quite offended or they might have been talking about that and she was really quite offended and she was like I, I'm not a bitch I've worked really hard on myself I don't I you know I don't want to take on that I'm quite offended by you know that that name calling and the woman stopped and said I, I want you to really think about this I really want you to look at all the different elements that we possess within us and she said day-to-day -day life yeah you don't need to be a bitch and you probably don't display that part of your personality but she was saying we have the ability to do that and she went on to say there are 
times when being a bitch is really needed. And she said, what if you had some work being done on your property and the workmen were maybe taking a lot more money or taking longer or not turning up on time and leaving early and you might actually have to get that inner bitch out and pull them or call them to task. She was saying we all have the ability to be a murderer. Again, a lot of people I think in the seminar were like, I couldn't do that. I would never murder someone. And she said, I ask you to think about a scenario, the possibility that somebody was being hurt in front of you that is really important to you, maybe a child or um, someone in your close family unit. And you went to protect them. There is a possibility that, you know, circumstances could cause you to cause harm to someone. So it's about thinking of the different parts of us. So there were the, the other part and the story that I really loved um, from that book is the way she describes John Wellwood's analogy of the castle. So he describes us as castles. I describe us as diamonds. I actually think the pressure that we're under and that we've been put under and perhaps squashed into does create this multifaceted being and under pressure is how a diamond is formed. So he describes us as a castle and he says a castle is full of rooms and corridors, basements, attics and each room represents a part of us that contains a unique gift. And he says, you know, as a child, what we will do is explore these rooms and we'll do that without shame and judgment and he says as people visit our castle they may have told us that they don't like something so we close the door to that room or to that part of ourselves and he says think of the people who have walked in and out of your life and with each relationship different people gave you their views their views on what you th- they think that you should be like. Perhaps they don't like the way you do your hair. Perhaps they don't like the way you do something, how you speak. There's so many different elements to this. So Debbie Ford describes this and at the end she says, you wake up one day and you've closed all of these doors to all of the these parts of your personality and you wake up one day as a two-bed semi. Perhaps you were told your rooms were too loud or the colours were too bright or maybe the rooms were too quiet or the colours clashed and you might have realised that you had rooms that nobody else had. So you closed those ones off to the public not really knowing what to do with them. And John Wellwood says, we can only find the key to our uniqueness by opening all of the doors in our castle. This might be quite scary and daunting, or it might appeal and it might be quite exciting. Think of it as like taking the dust sheets off and uncovering all the beautiful rooms, maybe the love, courage, elegance and grace within you. You might have some of these rooms slightly open, but you're protecting elements. Opening up the rooms of creativity and femininity, honesty, integrity, health, assertiveness, sexiness, power. Throwing open the doors and the windows to the rooms of hatred, greed, frigidity, laziness, arrogance, evil. And by shining the light in there, you can start exploring those. Have you ever been in a situation where you've taken an instant dislike to someone? I'm sure you can think of a situation, actually a reflection. This is the dark side, the shadow side. And it might be that all you can see is darkness or that's all you feel. And to me, this is exactly what's happened in these relationships. Somebody's moved in. They've moved in with all their old junk. They've put it in your rooms. 
they've told you it belongs to you and then they walk away and they leave you with all the junk. Now that actually might happen inside you as well as outside you. The chaos that I had to clear up, the debris that I had to get rid of but I'm actually talking about inside us. So if we've got lots of different parts of us and so these rooms that we've got inside us that represent part of us, somebody's moved their furniture in. And this is really what happens in an abusive relationship. This is really what happens when, if you're in a relationship with somebody who is higher up on the narcissistic scale, they literally take over. This is what I was realizing. I was seen and heard. And I bought into this story and there were so many times, there were so many red flags, I could create yards and yards, miles and miles of bunting with the red flags that came up. But there was something that stopped me because I got something out of it as well. I was seen and heard in a way that I'd never been seen and heard by anyone until it didn't work, until I had nothing left, until I was broken emotionally. I'd given up a company. My finances were broken. I was broken mentally. I was broken down. I was destroying relationships. I was living in fear and the wounds of abandonment, betrayal and shame. They were huge. I abandoned myself. I abandoned those people around me that I held close. I betrayed myself and I betrayed those people and I felt huge, huge wounds of shame for doing that and for living in that place and not being able to get out of it because that wasn't who I was. And as I stood in the mirror, as I said, there was nobody there. There was a shell. And I remember contacting someone who I'd been training who was in a similar position and a similar relationship and saying, do a body scan quickly and see whether you can feel any wounds within your body because I work a lot with energy and see if some of these wounds aren't yours. This is this was 2018 I started doing this and realizing that these wounds weren't mine. I was grieving and I was trying to heal, but I was trying to heal. I wasn't healing myself. Take a moment and think about it. What impact has this person had on your life? Are you you or are you living the life that you created with them? Are you trying to? This is something else I did. I tried to recreate the fake future. I tried to live that and all it did was destroy me because it was fake. Everything was built on really weak foundations. In fact, they weren't foundations. It's like trying to build a house and rather than digging into the ground you just put a few slabs down and then expecting the ground to support you it's like planting a tree and not allowing the roots to grow out and support as the as the tree grows up and grows out it needs the roots going deep into the earth to support it and if you are in that position at the moment where you you, you look in the mirror and you don't recognize that person staring back at you this is about finding your wounds doing your healing and working out what belongs to you and what doesn't can you remember who you were before you even met them what your life was like and for some people that could be quite hard because you could have met them at a really young age 
15, 16, 17, 18, your life becomes consumed by what they want. And so coming out of these relationships, there are so many levels of grief, not knowing who they were. So you're grieving the person you thought they were and then discovering that they're not that person. And then if you're still in contact with them, you don't even recognize them because they've put on a different mask and playing a different role for somebody else. I've spoken about them being parasites. I think I spoke about that last week on the podcast. So definitely on YouTube, uh, there's a couple of parasites. There's one that uh, gets into a mouse and changes the brain chemistry to make it not fearful of the cat and gets into the cat because it can only reproduce in the cat's gut. There's another one, I can't remember whether it gets into the fish to get into a bird or it gets into the bird to get into the fish. There are a couple of others as well that use that behaviour and you were used in that way. Their long-term goal, I I don't know what their long-term goal is. I don't know whether they know what their long-term goal is. You were used as a stepping stone and once there's nothing left of you, once they've taken all of your resources, they've taken all of your energy, your money, they've broken you down mentally and emotionally, physically, they move on, they find another host, someone that can support them, that can provide for them. And your life then becomes consumed with what they're doing. Who are they with? And these are wounds of not being good enough. These are wounds that are creating this pain. And I was in so much pain, but I felt nothing. I'm staring in the mirror at myself and I'm completely numb. I don't know who I am. My brain doesn't function. And the only time I feel alive is with a trigger because that's the only time I can feel anything. And the way I discovered to work on myself and to come out and be more present was by grounding, by breathing and by having honest conversations. And the honest conversations is so key to healing because you're actually getting in touch with the parts of yourself that are hurt with the wounds your wound talking and it's so so powerful and life-changing you are a multi-faceted diamond or a castle take your pick i prefer diamond do love a diamond but if we look at the castle which actually i'm thinking might be a better analogy at the moment to explain how they've done that they've turned up with their removal van and they've slowly unpacked it they might have hidden it around the corner you didn't know it was there and every time they come into the castle they bring something with them a grubby old chest an old table broken chairs a cooker that doesn't work old pictures with the frames that are broken whatever their junk is they bring it in and you don't know it's being moved in and during that idealization stage when you're listening to what they're saying and this idealization stage doesn't happen just once it might be extended initially how amazing you are you're the only person that sees them you're the only person that gets them you're the only person but while they're doing it, they're telling you about their exes. They're telling you where their exes went wrong. And you're thinking, or oh, this was how I explained it because this is what was going on. So they tell you about their crazy exes and they're doing it in a way and they're using it as a form of triangulation. It's really clever because what they're saying is how amazing you are. This is what this person did wrong. Subconsciously, you're thinking, I better not do that because I'm going to end up like the crazy ex. 
really clever, really painful, really dangerous. So the idealization stage goes on for a long time. And then they do a bit of discard and they might take you back to the idealization. They do a bit of devaluation and they take you back to the idealization how amazing you are they're really sorry for whatever it is that they've done they're never going to do it again all they do is hide their behavior a bit better if they've been caught out at something or they're doing it to test you and they are getting you to move people out of your life that could be a threat could see through them could challenge them and see who they really are and they aim to destroy them in the way that they've destroyed you so open up if you can throw open all your doors have a spring clean i know in the summer or depending where you are in the world I think some people are going into their winter throw open your doors and your windows get your duster feather duster on a stick go round and get all the cobwebs make sure that you're grounding make sure that you're breathing but the key is these honest conversations three areas to look at abandonment shame and betrayal And you can talk to your wounds and say, who are you? What do you want? How old are you? If you're really interested in this, I think I might run a workshop on talking to the wounds. So drop me a line. I'll put a link below. I'll also put a link to uh, Debbie Ford's book. And if you've got a moment and you're able to help me by liking or commenting on the podcast, that'd be amazing. Just so the reach gets out a little bit further. Recommend it to your friends if you know anyone that's going through something similar there are other tools and techniques that will help you recover and maybe a bit quicker I can offer but those three are key and one thing that will help you know where you are on your journey is once you call it out as an abusive relationship and once you stop defending them you know that you're nearly back if not you are back to who you were and it might be even better than that it might be that original castle with all your doors and windows open and with the confidence and the power to say this is me this is who i am and shine like a diamond sending you loads and loads of love until next time